You're listening to The One Relationship, where we believe a strong marriage is the foundation for living a fulfilled life, creating a thriving family and conquering the challenges of today. I'm Kate. And I'm Tanner. We're your hosts, and we've each had our share of unhealthy relationships. When we met, we committed to not repeat the mistakes of our past, so we set out to learn everything we could about creating a rock-solid marriage. Join us every week as we bring you real talk from our experiences, other married couples, and professionals we trust to help you create the strong marriage you desire and deserve. Visit ArgumentsToIntimacy.com for our next challenge and start strengthening your marriage now. Well, welcome back to The One Relationship. My name is Kate. I'm here with my husband and co-host, Tanner. And, uh, you know, we've uh, launched a challenge this week and we've been getting a lot of input and feedback and we realize the biggest struggle in people's marriages is not being heard. I think that's the overall lesson. What, what do you think? Huh? What? See? Yes, communication. We're here to talk about communication. And um, we, we've we had now uh, over hundreds, over, now over a thousand responses in various forms or fashions, people and surveying people that are interested in, in making changes in their marriage. Communication, by far the number one uh, concern, challenge that people have. So we spent this week uh, tackling that through our five-day arguments to intimacy challenge. Really, the point of that was to show people that you're spending energy in your marriage one way or the other. You have to talk. You may not feel like you're communicating. You do have to talk. Uh, you do have to interact with each other. And so your energy is either being burned through having arguments and disagreements and putting walls up with each other, or it's being used through a maybe more effective form of communication, which means you're able to come closer together, likely overcome challenges better, actually head in a direction in your life and, and make progress rather than just sort of sit on the uh, teeter-totter of life and go back and forth over the same problems over and over again. So you really, you know, you've got a couple of options. I love when things are binary. It's like, okay, are you going to focus on solutions or are you going to focus on problems? And so that was a, was a big part. We learned a lot. We, we learned a lot. We interviewed um, our therapist, Colleen, as a, as a bonus session. We interviewed a couple other folks, Nate Bagley. Corey and Jojo Rankin and people that we've got to know through doing this work to like really get different perspectives on the topic of communication, the challenges that everyone faces in their marriage. Uh, Nate Bagley had our had an Are We Roommates Summit just a few months ago that um, he shared, you know, what the roommate syndrome is and and sort of how people get there and what happens. So. There was a lot of uh, a lot of richness, but we wanted to distill that down for for this episode, really, and talk about the communication piece, which is which is what seems to come up in such a broad topic. So we hope that yeah. we can break that down a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we when we got together, we really had individually decided that communication, the way we communicated with our next partner, was going to be very different than what we had had in the past. And in the past, we had very loud arguments, screaming matches. I had, you know, things being thrown. Or it was also the opposite, where 
it was the silent treatment and there just was no communication at all. And I'm not going to talk to you. And, and we just, you know, we both walked away from that being like, this is so unhealthy. Like this is not what we want for our future. So it was something that we really did decide for ourselves before Tanner and I met. And then when we did meet, we're like, oh, cool. Like we're on the same page here. Like we want to have good communication. We want to know that we can talk to each other, have difficult conversations and work to find resolution. Like we knew all of those things. But then as we got married, and I mean, it happened while we were dating too, but certainly in that first year of marriage, that was extremely challenging year for us. All of those old ways started to come back. You know, we were arguing and we were having loud, you know, loud kinda, noises, you know, like we loud were, conversations. We were yelling. Our voice, our voices were raised. Now, granted, it, I don't believe that for either one of us, it was to the extreme of some of these past relationships we had, but it was definitely falling back into these old ways. And with some of the work that we did uh, or that we've done now over these last few years of being married, we realized that a lot of our communication, how we talk to someone, how we listen to someone, um, how we have good interaction and dialogue with people is really based on our past. And a lot of it, even from like our childhood, it's really coming from those early years of what we learned and uh, what we you know, experienced within our own household of origin, how our parents interacted with each other, how our parents interacted with other people, how our parents talked to us as children or if we, you know, and our siblings, like all of that becomes learned behavior that it carries with you into your subconscious to an adult. And now here you are with your spouse and you're like, why doesn't he listen? Why doesn't she understand me? And it's because of what we've gone through. So I thought that was a really good awareness uh, or just something to learn, I should say. It was it was good to learn that. And we really, you know, kind of dove into that with our with our own therapist. Okay, this isn't necessarily personal to me. Uh, this is actually like just, you know, how Tanner operates because of what he's experienced and vice versa. And so it's not so personal, but it's now thinking, okay, what do we what do we want to do with this? Because it's not working. It's not working and we know we want to do better and we we want a different way of flowing with with conversation we know we're not going to be exempt from arguments or or disagreements uh that's i mean no one really is exempt from that but we want to be in a better place to handle them when they come up and uh and understanding where it comes from our behavior in the heat of the moment where it comes from helps us to then say okay, I have a better understanding of where you're coming from. And now I have a better awareness of what you need in order for our communication to work. And then if it goes vice versa, then it's like, all right, cool. Tanner knows Kate needs this. Kate need, knows that Tanner needs that. And then the, the dialogue becomes easier. And I think that was just a really good aha for our challengers this week too, because they're like, oh, you know, my husband's doing this or he's being non, you know, not responsive, but understanding a little bit more like, oh, this is coming from something else. And let's maybe address that so that then we can get to a good place of dialogue. And, and I don't think people realize that. I think people are just like, I mean, at least I know for myself, I'm like, I just thought like, oh, you're just being a jerk and you know, you, you're not caring about 
the conversation and and it it goes deeper than that yeah and one thing i want to say that we heard just recently i don't i don't know remind me or say it if you remember who who said this but uh he was like oh i think it was keith it was keith yaki right that there's not really this thing this idea of like oh we have you know generational curses or oh this is this our family's just this way you know you've got a family history of divorce our family's not good at relationships our family's just not good at this stuff our family's big boned i think was the example oh, right, right. where we heard it um yeah. uh of our of our mentor keith, keith yaki, yaki saying that you know his parents were were heavy and so they just said oh well we're you know we're we're just big bone like we're just a big family and uh, and he's really battled that his whole life to you know remain in a weight that he feels comfortable with which is is less than what what he was used to growing up as so i just thought it was a really good thing because i think i you know i heard either directly verbally or sort of subconsciously you know and passively heard probably many messages like that about mm -hmm. my family of origin growing up, right? Oh, well, we're this way. Oh, mm -hmm. we're just that way. Oh, we're, and, and so I sort of adopted it, but it's, it's really, all those things are, are basically just lies <laughs> that, <laughs> that your previous generations of your family just didn't want to address. They're, you know, their their character flaws, their challenges, their they are traits, but they get passed down because they just keep being repeated. And so if, if you think like, oh, well, I don't know how, you know, people, oh, well, my dad was this way or my, my whatever was this way, or I saw this. I mean, seriously, this, this is a huge thing that for everybody that we're working with, we have to go back to, okay, so what happened in your history? And, and this is something that we, you know, we learned from our therapist. She's like, anytime something comes up, I always take people back to like, when's the first time you remember experiencing that? Because whatever you're feeling, anger, upset, not being heard, it comes from some some anchors early on in life. And when you can start to look at that, it's hard to kind of separate yourself from your life and the present. But if you can separate yourself from your life and the past and go, okay, I was three, you know, what happened in that scenario? And look at it in a way of like, well, is that really, is the meaning that I assigned to that situation at three, is that really the only meaning there could be. You'll never know what other people's intents were, but if you can at least look at things and say, I, I don't know, is that is that really it? Or is, is that the lesson that I wanna take and carry forward? I mean, kids create a, a phenomenal opportunity to filter <laughs> your gene pool. I was gonna say, this is kind of a, a good opportunity to share the pot roast story. Do you remember the pot roast I, story? I remember the pot yeah, roast story. And Grant, I mean, it's just about making pot roast, but it so, certainly applies to the yeah, so so you know, Kate doesn't cook much. Um, <laughs> no, but there's a, a there there's a there are a few recipes that she has, and so she you know we're like, hey, we're gonna have a pot roast, right? Like a big roast in the crock pot. I'm like, cool, I'll let you do that because sometimes I overstep a little bit and I jump in, and she's like, no, 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 I'm gonna do this. I've got this family recipe that's been handed down. Okay, cool. And so she's over there prepping the pot roast, and I see her cut the ends off of the pot roast, toss them in the trash, toss the rest of the pot roast into the crock pot and carrots and potatoes and all that stuff that you put in there with it, right? Do to do cooking along. Kate, why, why did you cut the ends off? You know, they looked perfectly fine. They looked just like the rest of the roast. Why did you cut those ends off of that roast? She's like, well, because that's part of the recipe. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? She's like, well, this has been this has been passed down. This is what you do. You cut the ends off. You season it this way. You add these vegetables, cook it for this amount of hours. 
And I'm like, okay, <laughs> but what is the point? Because I'm big at like, well, what's the point of that, right? Like, why are we doing that? He always wants to know more. It's just like, I don't know. It's just part of the recipe, right? So we talked to, to her mom then to dig a little bit further into this. Okay, why? Uh, what's with this part of the pot roast recipe? And she's like, oh, well, that's what my mom did. Well, why that? Oh, well, because they didn't have crock pots big enough then to put an entire port, uh, pot roast in. And we're like, okay. So we're literally, <laughs> we've been chopping the ends off of the pot roast for years, decades, just because when this recipe and when this tradition started that's been handed down, they just simply didn't have a big enough apparatus to cook it, right? And so now our crock pots are plenty big, right? It was kind of lonesome. It only took up half the <laughs> crock pot. There was plenty of room in the crock pot for the, for the rest of the pot roast. So, um, recipes and and you know maybe misinformation and and missing instructions or things that just simply no longer work anymore if you think about the fact that the way you're living your life is primarily programmed by people that were raised a hundred years ago right your grandparents were raised probably about a hundred years ago mm -hmm. And then they taught your parents everything. And maybe your parents, maybe your parents changed some of the ways, but by and large, you're, you're very largely influenced by the, the last two to three, uh, even seven generations in your family. And those people lived in a very different time, a very different time. So we saw this week that some people, you know, still in their, you know, thirties and forties have the attachment around their parents, right? How do I deal with these toxic people in my life, quite frankly? And it's like, well, how do I become what I really want to become and, and, and take a chance and take a risk and do this when I've got sort of all of these negative forces? And that's even like, it can be a risk to say, you know what, I'm going to change the way we do marriage. Like I want a different marriage because part of it is that you have to acknowledge that it's not as great as you want it right now. And, uh, and there may be people around you in your life that are just waiting for you to fail or to be like, oh, ha, I knew it wasn't going to work out or I knew this or I knew that or whatever. And you might be so sort of locked into like maintaining this image based on these people that brought you into this world and maybe some, some siblings or whatever, or family member, like whoever's close to you, whoever has influence in your life will keep you trapped where you are until you make a decision that like, you know what, this isn't how I want this. And, and I don't really like, I just have to do something different. I'd also like to add that they, they don't necessarily consciously do this. Like right. it's, it's part of their subconscious because it's what they, it's just what they know and they don't know any differently. So they're operating with how they know how to operate. Right. And I, you know, I'm still always blown away by this, that we had, we had learned a while back that what we do today actually affects seven generations deep. So if you think about seven generations back and your family and your lineage of like the things that happened, 
to like what's happening right now. Like there are some stuff that's just, it's just going on that you don't even realize where it's coming from. And the, the beauty of that is not to, to beat up and be like, Oh, it's like a lost cause. It's actually saying, okay, cool. I understand now that this is coming from my ancestors, my, my parents and grandparents and great grandparents and so on, because they're doing, they did what only they knew how to do. And they did the best they could. We, we like sort of the saying, like they would do better if they knew better. Right. You know, so now, but now you knowing that, have the opportunity, have the controls to say, okay, this isn't working. I want something different. And and being and then saying, okay, I'm gonna explore what that looks like and look at other options of how to handle things to get a different result in your life. And then the beauty of that is you now have changed the trajectory for the next seven years. And think of how beautiful and impactful that can be for future generations in your family and your kids and your grandkids and their kids and so on for something better that just works better. And you know what? You know, it's working better. And seven years, seven generations later, they're going to probably be like, what were they thinking? And there's going to be something new. But that's the evolution. It's just a matter of having that awareness and being like, okay. I didn't have any control over seven generations ago. This is what everyone's been doing. Cool. Uh, I'm I'm gonna start doing something different and and choose to just start exploring what that looks like for you and for your marriage. You know, you feel like the outlier of your family. We've we've both experienced this where it's like ah, but this is different than anybody else is doing. We don't value our internal intrinsic mm -hmm. guidance system enough because mm -hmm. the world is so noisy. There are so many influences on us. And, and I would just say that I think for each of us in our own ways, the more that we've learned to just listen, we view that as a conversation with God, whatever it is that, that you view that as, even if you don't really have that type of belief, it's very hard to not know or have experienced at some point that like intuition, that moral compass that thing that if we'll listen to it is there like all the time yeah like there's always an internal guidance system there and so i i would just say you know we saw this week you know people kind of stuck and and it's it's easier we've been there it's easier to to stay in the problems that you have than take a risk to do something different but if what you've been doing for the last 12 weeks, 12 months, or 12 years is not working and not making you happy, then really doing anything different is at least taking a step in, in figuring out a resolution for, for whatever your situation is. So we, you know, we don't, we, in relationship stuff, we don't like the stereotype like, oh, well, men do this and women yeah. do this, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Mars, men are from Venus, whatever that book is. You know, we don't, we don't like to do that, but it's inevitable that there are certain patterns, there are certain things where it's like, okay, this is sort of the majority. This seems like the general uh, population experiences things this way. And so back to the, the communication and really not, you know, being heard and, and, and the breakdown. And if we can, we kind of like the, what we're seeing in individual situations, boil it up again, there's no one size fits all, but kind of boil it up to like, what's the most prevailing issue that's happening here. Yeah. And I think what we observed is again, the woman not being heard. And it's kind of a two part thing is like the man is not expressing, right? So the man's either, you know, she doesn't feel heard because 
he's just simply like listening and then doesn't know how to respond. He's blowing her off, you know, Not sort of ships yeah. passing in the dark. You know, we talk about people in, in our group this week that had like, Hey, I text my, my spouse, these things and like literally just no response or okay, or whatever. Like there's just this ships passing in the dark sort of communication. And personally, having been that guy interviewing, um, Corey Rankin today, who was that guy as well. What we realized is most of it is that we're just not equipped to like, we don't know how to respond. And that can come from what we were just talking about with the past history that can come from just a lack of self-confidence because of maybe how things have gone previously. I know for me that it's a very easy mindset. If, if we're not getting along or in more so in my previous marriage not getting along it's like well i'm just not going to respond because i don't want to add any more fuel to the fire like i don't want her to get any more pissed so i'm just not going to say anything which obviously doesn't help either but it becomes sort of the less risk option in terms of of like how to communicate over maybe it's a topic you just don't know how to communicate over and what i would say is that I think each in these scenarios, and I'll let you speak from a woman's perspective, but I do think there's some vulnerability. There's a little bit more grace that could be exhibited from from both sides, you know, from from both genders, wherever you're at. And again, this isn't a, a one size fits all of men this way, women this way, but somebody feels not heard. And I know relationships where uh, the guy feels like he's not heard, and it feels like you know his wife is just shut down. So we we know it, it works, works both, both ways. ways. Yeah. But I think from the guy perspective, not knowing what to say, I'll take that since that's that's my role, <laughs> is that you need to be able to communicate that. Like it's a, <laughs> I don't want to oversimplify here, but I think as guys, so often we're afraid to say I don't know, I'll figure it out, like or we just don't respond. We get upset if we don't know something, or or we don't know how to talk through something, or we don't want to get emotional over something. What's interesting to me is guys don't want to to cry and experience that sort of emotion, but they will exhibit you know anger and rage and stuff. Yeah. And to me, it's basically the same thing. Like you're exhibiting your emotion. The question is, what's the most effective use of that emotion? Right. Right. I'm emotional about something. Am I going to get pissed off, yell at you, throw something, punch a wall, blah, 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 which, you know, I've done many of those things because it's like, I don't know. I just want to push you away. Um, or is it like, okay, I might shed a little tear. I'm, I may break down because like, I don't, I don't know, you know, and I, and I've been there too, where it's like, I don't know. I've been thinking about this. Something has to happen and I'm just not sure what, and I'm scared. And and I think that's okay too. Like you're not less of a man for actually just acknowledging the fact that like, I don't know, because right now the experience is you're sort of locked up in insecurities, which is causing a, uh, you to have a negative reaction, shut down, over angered, whatever it is. And then your woman is just like, well, he's an asshole. Like she's put up walls. So you both are sort of cutting off your vulnerability to where you can't be there for each other. And the reality is that if you get to that place, you're generally putting up walls around scars that you have that again, go back to childhood. And it can be a great opportunity for you to just go, I don't know, like, I don't know, uh, but I want to figure this out. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, that, 
that can be the biggest thing to just be like, not sure, but I want to figure this out. Well, and as the woman who typically uh, is not heard, right, we feel like, oh, we're voicing, you know, our concerns and our desires and it's just getting unnoticed. You know, there's no response to it. We feel like we're not being heard. And what I've learned in the couple of years that we've been working through this is that there's a way to deliver that, right? Like if we're the wife coming at our husband of like, well, I need this and I want that, then it's just like, that's just more stress on our husband, like more, more need, what more need, more want, like just added to the plate. And, and there's a more effective way to get your desires met and your needs and and wants met. And it's the way we approach our husbands. So if you're looking for them to respond, you're looking for them to have some type of input on what you're asking of them, whether it's housework or like, hey, I just want to be with you and just have some quality time with you, whatever that looks like, you know, and anything in between. And this is actually what works sort of both ways, but there's a way to present it where you know you're giving you're you're helping your spouse in making their needs met so that in turn your needs get met and i've realized like how i communicate with tanner it's it's approaching him in a manner that he will see it in a receptive way right like i i commute like i will talk to you now instead of being like well why isn't this happening and you, you know here's another night and da, 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 and like you told me you're gonna do this and it's still not done and like those are all things i've said to him and and they've all been true and they've all been true what's the uh, what's the <laughs> meme that i told you it was like i don't know uh, the husband yeah stop asking your husband to do something something about oh that's what it was yeah. if your husband says he will do, do something, something he will do it you don't have to remind him every six months every six months uh, which so, is funny right yeah. ha 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 because so, um, we've had and, some things that have drugged and you know what we still have some things that we still talk about like three years later so <laughs> six months three you know like it happens but now when i can communicate to him more of what's going on one with more like solution driven, right? Not just to complain, to present it in a way of like, Hey, I know you have a lot going on. I got a lot going on too. So here's what's on my mind. And I'd like to figure out how we can resolve this. So it's, it's sort of this, like having a different approach and understanding that as women, if we want to be heard, we need to speak in a manner that our spouse is going to listen to us. And it's not just talking at them and like nagging them and hounding them. And I want this and I need this and you didn't do that. And here you do, you know, here we go again and blah, blah, blah. Like it was, and I did a lot of that and, and it didn't work. It really didn't work, but we got to a good place about it because we, we also recognized where those behaviors, our responses were coming from, why I spoke the way I spoke, the why, why he got, you know, defensive and said, you know, screw it, I'm not listening to you. Like that all came from those early memories, those early experiences, I should say. And understanding that then led for us to be able to say, okay, well, here's what we're going to not take with us moving forward. And here's how we're going to do it differently. Yeah. And I think like, it's a choice. Like it's, it just is. And, and I, and one of the things that came up with, you know, I think Nate this weekend, right. Was, and, and I think it was sort of a theme from the time that we started till the, through the guest speakers is like, you have to take responsibility. And the first time I heard that, I was like, Oh, right. Like who the, 
like responsibility doesn't have a good word or doesn't mm. have a good good connotation right like right. when we grew up who's responsible for this and it's like oh you know like point the fingers the other way i mean you know we see that even with our kids a little bit and it's like no 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 it's it's not about blame and shame and who's getting in trouble but it's like the more you see your responsibility for everything in your life the more you have the power to change it and for me, once I accepted that was the truth and that I wasn't going to argue that truth, <laughs> then it be it became very powerful to be like, okay, and it's still, I still have to remind myself, nope, you've got control over this. Like, this can be different. The results you have is because of your level of commitment and focus to, you know, every area of your life. I think that for some, it can feel like they don't have that control because it's like, well, you know, you don't understand. It's a marriage. I've got my spouse. They're X, Y, and Z. And, and you know, mm -hmm. they've got all the reasons. And it's like, okay, I, I get that. You, you can't control the other person. Uh, but you can do a lot more than you probably realize about your marriage just by the way you approach it. You know, there's a couple of, of laws here. The, or I, I guess I don't know that you would call reciprocation a law, but reciprocation, right? You do something nice for somebody, uh, it's, it's harder for them to resist to do something nice to you uh, or for you, maybe not immediately. I think that's the big problem is people were like, well, I changed this. I did this for my spouse and they still treated me like crap. And it's like, well, reciprocation is not about a tit for tat. It's not a transactional thing. I did right. this for you. You should do this for me. Inevitably, though, we as humans, if you continue to do, I mean, you probably know somebody like this. I'm not really like this. I want to be more like this. There are people that are just genuinely like nice, good people who always think about doing stuff for other people. And you can't help but like those people. Yeah. Right? You really can't. And you're just like, what are you up to? Are you going to like they have such at me? Like, joy. You know, I, I mean, joy I have a negative others. connotation towards these people because it just isn't isn't my, my default DNA. But I'm like, oh, no. Like, they've actually got it. They actually really enjoy focusing and serving on other people. And, and by that, they're taken care of because people can't help but want to do stuff on, or say yes to that super nice, you know, out, 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 uh, not, not even outgoing. This isn't about being outgoing and extroverted. It's about like outward focus. This also doesn't mean, and we, we brought this up today. Oh, uh, I think it's our, a good distinction. Yeah. Like it doesn't mean be a doormat. Yeah. Like don't be taken advantage of you know, there it's called unconditional love for a reason, right? Like you're giving unconditional love to your spouse. You're looking to fill his or her bucket up. You're looking to do things to make them the best that they are. But in turn, that 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 does come full circle as a husband and wife. You are two that becomes one. So you you come together now as one to fill each other up, but it's coming from a place of unconditional love. I'm doing it because I want to fill you up. I love you so much. Not because I'm like, well, okay, I'm doing this because I'm supposed to. And like, you're going to do this for me and, yeah. and have, I, and, and have like things attached to it. Like, and, and, and actually that, that really applies to 
just how you are in your relationships with other people too. Like, are you doing nice things for other people because you want something in return? Or are you doing it because you genuinely love being nice and good to people? And, and that's just how you operate. So just kind of making that distinction, like we want to, we want to come from a place of kindness and do good for others and take care of your spouse, but not to the point of where you're taking, being taken advantage of and being this doormat. That's a, that's a great distinction because I think there are a lot of people that probably feel exhausted in their relationship right now. Like, well, I'm doing this or I'm blah, 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 but it's, it's coming from a place. I think more of the point is what is your mindset behind how you're how you're interacting in your yeah. relationship? Because a lot of people are coming from a place of resentment or mm. fear. Like, I don't want my spouse to be upset, so I'm going to do this. Or, you know, if I don't do this, he ain't going to do it, right? Like, yeah. if I don't pick this up, if I don't do the laundry, I mean, it's maybe part in our house. Like, if you didn't do the laundry, I don't know what it would look like <laughs> around here. Um, you know, so it's, it's coming from a place of like, well, if I don't do this, he's not going to. So I think, I think a lot of people, and again, we're going to generalize with sort of women are, are carrying the, the majority of the, of the weight here in feeling like, Hey, I'm contributing to the relationship I am putting in. I think we had some of those comments this weekend of like, I, I, I I'm doing this and he's not showing me any, any different behavior. And then I think the question becomes like, well, again, why? Why are you doing it? Are you doing it out of, I married this man, there was something I love about him, or I married this woman, something I loved about her. We've maybe lost that side of that, and we lost part of that that spark. spark. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, I loved this person at one point, and it's really finding it inside yourself to go, okay, how do I go back and honor that commitment that I made? How do I go back and find that spark? And the only way you're going to go back and find that spark, well, one, you're never going to find the same spark because it's gone out and you're different people at different places, but find the spark be between you and in your relationship that really lights you on fire is is being of service and being like, okay, how can I serve this person? I see they're overwhelmed. I see they're stressed. How, how can I handle this? I think that a prerequisite of that though, is your own self care. You know, we hear the analogy a lot of like, Hey, they tell you to put on your oxygen mask first in the airplane. If something happens now, I don't know what they tell you. Take off your mask, put on this other mask. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what we're supposed to do now, but nonetheless, I know that I know that we're supposed to put on our oxygen mask first in the in the event of an emergency, and then you help other people. Why? Because if you don't put on your oxygen mask in the airplane, you pass out because you use because you don't have oxygen, and then you can't help anybody else. If I go over here and I'm helping my kid put the mask on, and you pass out, and then you don't get the mask on your kid, neither one of you have the mask on. But if you put it on yourself first, and then your kid, you're both taken care of. So you have to take care of yourself first. And I think that's a whole that's probably many other episodes and so we won't go deep into that but i think as we talk about this if you're feeling or you're hearing this and you're like yeah i don't know about this i i'm i'm so exhausted i feel like i've been doing everything i can for my spouse then it comes back with some some care for yourself and then realigning like why am i doing what i'm doing for my spouse and ultimately for us like we just don't want to see people stuck in this 
indecision. Like we just don't want to see people with double mindedness where it's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to quote unquote, do my best. And I'm going to put up maybe sort of a facade and, and I'm going to, I'm going to choose to keep my marriage together yet in my mind, I can't stop thinking about like, wouldn't it just be easier if I divorce this person and start over? And, and for us, like we've shared that's like divorce just isn't even an option. Like we only have one option, which is to figure out how to make this work. And, and so then that eliminates a whole bunch of stuff. But if you're, if you're there going like, well, do I face the uncertainty and maybe the challenges and the difficulty and being a little uncomfortable and figuring out how to make this relationship work? Or do I just go and divorce her and start over and, you know, it just, that's going to be easier anyway. And uh, the truth is, no, that if you don't learn to address whatever problems you're having in your relationship now, they're likely just going to repeat themselves in any subsequent relationships, which is why the divorce rate of uh, marriages beyond the first, we all know, you know, first time marriages, roughly 50% of those last. What gets talked less about is the fact that second and and marriages and beyond have a have a failure rate of over eighty percent. Yeah, if you're right? not if you're not yeah, because if you're not resolving the things that didn't work in the first marriage, if you're not taking care of those things, they're gonna follow you to the next relationship. So you know, second and third, you know, on marriages, like yeah, the the, the divorce rate is even higher because the 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 work isn't being done beforehand so you know before you get into the into the next marriage so it's it's really important to take the time to figure out what isn't working and say okay how are we going to be able to do something differently for a different result a better result that we want you know and and it's important to have that distinction like tanner said like we don't have the divorce word as an option so if it's an option for for your current you know the marriage you're in right now you know think about that and really decide like are you guys willing to fight and figure out what the options are to make it better cool go after that you know and and do do the work because marriage isn't supposed to be easy and rosy all the time so and if you're not i mean i would like Again, yeah. we're, we don't, we're not proponents of divorce. We're just proponents of people being happy and having clarity yeah. and to, to be stuck again in that double mindedness of like, well, I don't know, should I work on this or should I just leave? Well, I can't make that decision today. Let's just do it tomorrow. You know, da, 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 da. and it's like, make a decision because if you're not committed to working on it and you've got one foot out the door, wouldn't you be better to just resolve the relationship in a way where it's like, okay, this is what it is. Let's resolve this and let's get on to us figuring out what that looks like. Right. Yeah. Because when you, when you divorce is not like, um, you know, it's not as easy as it looks on TV, I guess I'll say, right. It's not just like, Oh, I ended and now I'm going to just start over and I get to go, you know, date and do this and blah, blah, blah. Like, it has its own set of challenges. Being single has its own set of challenges. And the grass always looks greener on the yeah, other side yeah. for many people. We just believe that staying married, if you can, we believe, you know, some people married the wrong person and it can make life very miserable. And if you're actually clear on what you want and you would marry the right person based on your level of clarity, life could be very different. That's been my experience. Um, so we totally, we understand that. We get that. 
just be clear on where you're at. We believe if you are just maybe have lost track of things or, or maybe like us, you didn't get all the tools by the time you got married, like you, you didn't get all the information you need. And so you're like, okay, I see the value in staying married. I value the sanctity of marriage. I, I just, I, I don't know how to do this in a better way. Uh, it, there's no problem. There's no shame in, in getting help. We all need help. Life, yeah. my, my buddy, uh, Briel de Cristofaro says, life is a team sport. And, and I really believe that. Like, we all need each other. If you think about it, in any other area of life, like, we're not able to do it all ourselves. Like, we're not doctors, doctors, dentists, lawyers. Like, you can't clean your teeth and change the oil in your car. I mean, maybe some people can, but I can't. And I'm, I'm speaking this for my own because there are still things that I'm not an expert at, like painting, that I continue to think like, no, 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 I'll just do that. It's like, no, I should actually just get help from somebody that enjoys it, is better at it than me, and will do it quicker than me. So I am. I'm going to yeah. get somebody to help us paint, babe. I'm, <laughs> this is my public confession. Got some, some painting projects. Current topic in the household. That, uh, that need address. So I, I will get somebody to paint. But we believe it's the same thing in, in your marriage or parenting or you know, any aspect of your life, career, no career development. It. I mean, people think that like, I'm just going to go climb the corporate ladder. And it's like, for me, I realized it was really hard to do until I started. I was encouraged to seek out mentors and resources and go, you know, talk to the top leaders in our company and figure out how they got there. And it's like, oh my God, of course. Like, how else would I know how to climb the corporate ladder if I haven't talked to some people in an cool honest conversation who yeah. are further along in their career than and me. That's and that thing. made all the difference. It's, it's amazing how people are so, you know, easily equipped to like, oh, let me just go and, you know, get help here and get help there. And yep, I'm going to, I'm going to have a personal trainer and I'm going to have this doctor for that. And the amount of money that people will spend on uh, other people, other their problems. like, yeah, having someone help you with something but they won't do it for their marriage. I mean, I'm literally blown away by it. I just, it just, it quite frankly, doesn't make sense. And who were we just talking to? I think it was Nate Badley about that. Like your, your life, like if your marriage is strong, if your marriage is happy, like the rest of your life falls into place and is happy. Like the first place that you want the work, if you need the help, like, do that for your marriage. Make sure that you are always growing together and improving and, and and exploring your marriage for the better, for the rest of your marriage. Because from there, everything else in your life just trickles down to a better place. Yeah, I'm just like floored with the fact that sometimes people, or not sometimes, that majority of people do not want to put money and time into working on their marriage. We're uh, we're huge. Obviously, we're doing what we do because we believe in in marriage and how important it is to take care of it, and that if you do, the rest of your life is going to look much differently. And that's what we continue to do for ourselves. And 
take what we've learned and be able to share it with you guys. So yeah, so arguments to intimacy.com. If you want to sign up for our next challenge, we're, we're going to do this again. We want to continue to grow people together in, in their, in their relationship with their husband and their wife and, uh, you know, and just embrace that, you know, and, and say, Hey, it's okay. Like we don't know it all. We want some outside perspective and have just some more insight about how we can do this. And we want to do that. So just uh, get on the wait list. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll have the next one coming in just a few weeks. And we're looking forward to it. Communication, the number one marriage issue, as we talked about here today, a big, big challenge in that is not being heard or not expressing. And those two sort of go hand in hand. Uh, we love diving into this. We've, we've just scratched the surface and uh, we're going to be doing some more interviews with people who talk extensively about this topic. So if you've got questions, feel free to uh, text us is the easiest way. 720-459-4219. We love your feedback because it's uh, with your feedback that we're then able to go contextualize our research, our conversations, uh, much, much more. We've got a bunch of stuff we're interested in, but when we start to see themes of, of people in our community and, and, and our crew who are like, hey, what about this? Like, awesome. We'd, we'd love to go find that information. So text us 720-459-4219. Whatever questions you have, we'll do our best to get back to that as quick as we can. And uh, we'll see Thank you on you. the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of The One Relationship. We're committed to building strong marriages to create the foundation for living a fulfilled life, creating a thriving family, and conquering the challenges of today. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe right now to keep up to date with our weekly episodes. We'd love it if you could do us a quick favor too. Please rate and review this podcast. This will help others who want to strengthen their marriage discover our content. Visit argumentstointimacy.com for our next challenge and start strengthening your marriage now. Join us next time for more real talk on The One Relationship.